the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com, a little after 4. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. Forecast home for a kind of cloudy evening, low of 39. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow, up to 63. Wow, a lot of clouds for Friday. A few showers and thunder showers, but a high of 65. Sixers beat Cleveland last night. Ben Simmons with 26 points. Flyers home against Washington uh, tomorrow. And the Phillies are playing the Yankees this evening at 6.35. Excited to speak in the Phillies. Have Marcus Hayes, who's a longtime writer for Philadelphia Inquirer and Daily News. He's going to be checking in from um, Clearwater from uh, the spring training. Uh, but before we get to that, I'm also glad to bring in Larry Ackley with Grounds for Restoration, which is a, a local-slash-regional-slash-international-world-famous ministry, <laughs> so to speak. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. Well, so welcome aboard. Thank you for stepping in. Come on up to the mic a little bit. Get All comfortable. Right. Pretend All it's right. your favorite ice cream or your favorite cup of coffee. <laughs> if you want to even move that uh, the arm closer to you and get a little closer to you. And now we're good. good. Yeah, it sounds good. That's okay. Very good. Excellent. Well, it's great to see you. Uh, I actually, you know, we went to church together many years ago. Don't tell how many, please. I don't think we've seen each other in thirty years. (laughs) At least, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, we became aware of of each other recently again, reconnected, and this ministry that you have gone is really something. So, so tell us about it. Okay. Um, Grounds for restoration. is what it's called. That's right. And um, it, there's a team of believers at our church that created a coffee company that helps restore trafficking survivors. Now, this is not kind of the typical thing you would expect to, you know, uh, to, to be the way you do that. But um, if, if you go through, you know, a couple steps, then it can make an awful lot of sense. Our church was um, talking about God's passion for justice, and we started to try and find simple, creative ways to respond, ways that people could get involved in fighting slavery and and restoring survivors. So um, we discovered a coffee company in Cambodia that was created just to employ women rescued from trafficking in Phnom Penh. I was at that time a volunteer speaker for International Justice Mission, and I'd always talk to people afterwards about what kinds of things uh, they can do about trafficking. And one of the folks at uh, Church of the Savior told me about this company. It was called Three Corner Coffee. Interesting. Um, Did you meet them in – were you in Cambodia? No, no. This was just somebody in Wayne, Pennsylvania who – Actually, he – had been doing uh, work in Cambodia himself and had brought some back to tell people about it. And I was all excited. So it became the number one thing I told people they could do in response to to trafficking because it's a a little simple thing. It's concrete, but it's very clear how it could be be beneficial. And just as a parenthesis, International Justice Mission, that's a lot of what they're about, helping with human trafficking, or is it International Justice Mission is the largest anti-slavery organization in the world. Right. Everything they do pretty much is global. They do some um, some 
advocacy work for laws federally and and yes. uh, in the state. But there were a lot of people in our church and other circles that were really anxious to be able to get some dirt under their fingernails and do some things concretely for people that had flesh on and, and that yes. sort of thing. And so you were working with them for a while already when you came across With the International coffee. Justice Mission. Found this uh, coffee. Our church was doing a Mercy and Justice Festival every January. That's how I met IJM in the first place. Okay. And so second or third year we were at that that church. We said, hey, can we start uh, – can the church use this coffee for that month? Help people get a sense of I can do something concrete. I can spend – not even necessarily spend more money, but I can make a small lifestyle change yeah. on an ongoing basis that can start making a difference in this horrific thing. Sure. Because it, it's so close to God's heart. The kind of people that are are trafficked and brutalized in ways you can't even imagine. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a long and intensive process for people to go through the kind of trauma therapy they need to go through. Yeah. So here people could start saying, fine. You know, just like they say, well, I want to buy fair trade chocolate instead of uh, Joey's chocolate yeah. kind of thing. Um, I'm going to start buying anti-trafficking coffee instead of Maxwell House because Mr. Maxwell doesn't need the money anyway. <laughs> right, um, right. And by the way, Grounds for Restoration is much better coffee. Uh, not It's not only because I believe it and not, not just because it smells great and it's sitting right next to me. Here, I'll squeeze it yes. in the microphone so right people can have the a air. smell. Yeah. Um, Coming out the speakers. But, but also, it is specialty coffee. Those of you who are coffee heads out there, it's Q-graded at like 83. It's it's great stuff. See, you're way over. I'm just like three cream, three sugar. Gulp, 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 gulp. <laughs> yeah, yes. well, that, you know, three, four years ago, that's where I was. I had to learn how to, ah. how to understand and like coffee, and I drink it black all the time now because you can't taste it taste the coffee as soon as you oh put boy. all the cream and sugar in there Here but i go. won't pick on you now because you're a good friend <laughs> thank you very much larry so, ackley's our guest from grounds for restoration by the way their site gfrcoffee.com if you want to find out more as a reference point that's correct yeah cool. so okay so um we ended up uh, oh and by the way we stopped being able to buy that coffee uh, they ran out of what they had stateside, and we found out it is literally impossible to import already roasted Southeast Asian Robusta coffee into the United States, no matter how much you spend. Uh, it would just you know sit in our backyard and become <laughs> fertilizer. Okay. So um, we ended up creating our own coffee company, and we committed to give all of our profit. 100% of the profit goes to anti-trafficking efforts. Yes. Um, we have three restoration homes now that we support. That's why the name, Grounds for Restoration. It's a great name. They're, they're safe houses for women who have come through the system, usually because their um, you know, trafficker was arrested or in some other way desperately needed to be able to have this intensive uh, trauma therapy. Yes. Uh, and we also support IJM's global work and also the educational outreach of From Liberty to Captivity. That's yeah. a film that um, you can't go to Netflix to see yet. But if somebody wants to send us um, an email, you can go to our website and fi find out how to reach us. Right. We're going to take a short break and we're going to come back with Larry Ackley with Grounds for Restoration again, gfrcoffee.com to find out more. We're going to talk about human trafficking as well. You know, maybe it's the term you've heard of and you kind of know that's not a good thing, but what do we really know? Scripturally, too, we want to dig into that and we'll talk more about the coffee and uh, how you can get it and other ways beyond the coffee. 
how you can help stop human trafficking. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. Percolator. AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Tim DeMoss Show, thank you for tuning in. Larry Ackley from Grounds for Restoration is here with us, gfrcoffee.com for details. We were talking before the break and just getting on the the idea of uh, human trafficking and what it is, I think, on a very general level. If you ask me what do I think human trafficking is, I would say, well, it's, you know, uh, young women primarily, but maybe not. Young women being taken advantage of in a sex trade of some sort. And uh, that is probably more prevalent in third world countries, but somehow I mean, it's happening in America to a degree. But I would have no idea to what degree because I've never seen it or, or even suspe- suspected. I think down that mm-hmm. street there's a problem or something. Mm-hmm. So tell me just on a very general level because we're going to jump into scripture too. But mm-hmm. tell me, tell me what you know your your knowledge of human trafficking is. Why it is such sure. a problem? Actually, you may have seen it and not realized that you saw it either. Okay, but. Um, uh, sex trafficking is one kind of modern slavery, but there are many kinds. Okay. Um, by far the largest uh, site of slavery in the world is India. About 18 million people are slaves in the subcontinent uh, wow. of India. And they have more labor slavery, bonded labor slavery there than they do have sex slavery. Oh, they have plenty there. In the United States um, – we're getting better and better statistics as more people are aware of this and more people spend time and energy helping us all understand it. There's it's just slightly over 400,000 slaves right now wow. as we speak in, in the United States. And probably more of those are sex involved in sex slavery than other things like the bondage slavery. Sometimes there's child slavery where somebody gets tricked into uh, coming uh, to – help out in some rich couple's house and they Mm. say, we'll send them to school and, you know, they'll be much better off than they were there where you, you parents live. And then they get there and they write letters on their behalf. So the kids don't get to tell their parents that they're not getting a penny and they're being made to sleep in the garage. And it's, it's a labor slavery for children, that kind of thing. So to be fair, the word actually when people, because that that's become, I think of uh, a buzzword, but in in the culture, human trafficking, Sometimes people think it's just a euphemism for sex trafficking. They don't want to say sex trafficking, they want to say human trafficking. Right, but right. reality, what you're saying is there's really a lot of other forms of slavery that may not be sexual in nature. There are. There okay. are. Uh, but where we can make the greatest local impact, um, the numbers in the U.S. are more predominantly sex trafficking than other kinds of things. Okay. So, uh, so that I, said, well, scri- scripturally speaking, I know you, yeah, you've got yeah. something you want to share. I know, I, I do. Because <laughs> the, the part of the question is, you know, uh, why would we want to do these things? What's a good reason that's going to drive people uh, doing this? Um, anger sometimes. The first time somebody really hears about and understands slavery, you know, you want to go and 
knock somebody beat the over. guy's <laughs> brains out, you right. know. But but anger is not a great fuel for the long haul to start trying to figure out, you know, what kind of measured response can the body of Christ have to these kinds of things. Um, some people think there's this big dichotomy between um, preaching the gospel and social justice, and I will say that's absolutely false. And I believe Jesus says it's absolutely false. Okay. I'm going to read you just two, three verses in Luke. This is Jesus' first recorded sermon okay. um, in his hometown, by the way. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, comma, in the English translation. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. You're hearing human trafficking there? Yes. Um, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Now, by the way, I never really had a good handle on what that's about, but it seems to reference the concept of the Jubilee um, in, in Leviticus, but it's like Jubilee on steroids. So that was every 50 years in Israel, all of the people who had been indentured servants were free and they could go back home and any property that, that they were, you know, had, had to lose because of debt right. would, would return to them. And Jesus is saying, I'm proclaiming the start of complete and eternal and perfect freedom that you can have in Christ, but he explicitly, as you can tell, is talking about people getting out of slavery and getting out of bondage. So nobody could ever make a claim that he said, "I'll oh, just go preach the gospel, and you know, other people will take care of themselves," or the other round, other way around. Yes, and that passage again, because I'm not people. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's uh, Luke chapter four, verses eighteen and nineteen. And okay. then, by the way, he sits down and he says. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Yeah. Here I am. This is why the Spirit of the Lord has come upon me. Um, this is why I have been sent. I am the incarnation to do these things or to begin the bringing about of these things through time. Yeah. Larry Ackley is with us. He uh, is with uh, Grounds for Restoration, which is an organization that sells wonderful coffee. And mm-hmm. uh, gfrcoffee.com is their site. Uh, but they use the proceeds of that. Uh, to help combat uh, human trafficking. And uh, again, you know, people that tell you in radio, radio is a private medium, so people can listen. They don't have to be any particular religion necessarily to tune in, and maybe they're considering Christianity. And uh, so on a very general level, I think you could talk to almost anybody, hopefully, who would realize that human trafficking and making slaves of people is the wrong thing to do, whether it's in sexual nature or, or in other ways. But as a believer, which I know you are also, you have that mandate you just read there that that's even a greater reason more than just it tugs on your heart like that's not right you know i would i would contend that's a god given tug anyway yes. in, in the culture whether you, you know, if you're not a believer mm-hmm. but um but to your point, that's where that's where a believer would say, "Why would I get involved?" And in what context? Where's my brain got to be at? Because right, right. this is a long haul. It's not. That's right. That's right. Thing. That's right. You can sometimes hurt people more than help them if you go swoop in and try and do something nice for them, but not listen to what they really need. And sometimes they're worse off after you leave uh, than they were when you you first arrived. There are yeah. lots of stories in that. In there's a book called Helping Without Hurting. Uh, that Chalmers Institute does. I would highly recommend it. It's okay. complete. Matter of fact, that was fundamental to one of the coffee importers, uh, coffee exporters, I should say, that we have begun to work with. But, but I'll tell you about that in, in a second. Um, it, even if someone is not doing this for a faith basis, there, I mean, 
the kinds of things that happen to women, especially in sex trafficking or labor trafficking, where brick factories in India, people just get beaten every time they don't do exactly what the owner uh, hmm. says. It, there's some things I have read or heard that I can't even tell my wife. They're just so horrific and grotesque. Trust yeah. me, I won't, I won't mention them on, on the radio either. Yeah. But um, that, there are so many good reasons to do these kinds of things. We met a coffee exporter at a trade show last week uh, called okay. Coffee Fest. Okay. Um, there was a guy who was actually fascinating story. He was homeless, and then he ended up being put in, in jail for drugs for a while. He had done some work trying to crossbreed marijuana plants to bring out the, the best flavor profile and that kind of thing. Fascinating guy. Wow. In prison, he grabbed a, a, a Bible off of the, the library cart, and so he, he had his own conversion experience, let, let's call it. Yeah. But then he went to Haiti, bought a motorcycle, and started to drive around looking for coffee farmers uh, in Haiti. I, I could ask this as a quiz question, but nobody would be able to answer. Uh, back in the 60s or so, um, Haiti produced either 30 or 35% of the coffee for the entire world. That much coffee. It was, it was the, a massive producer. Mm. So many things have happened to Haiti, of course, that, that, you know, that's been devastated. They're down at 1% at this point. So this guy wow. um, from Cafe Creole, K-R-E-Y-O-L, and you can, there's even a film about him you can uh, get your hands on or you okay. can email us and I'll send it to you. He worked with farmers to help them develop not you know pity products, but great coffee, uh, and used his botanical knowledge that he had yes. with his pot plants right. to grow uh, coffee that that is legitimately specialty coffee, and to understand what the markets worldwide are, the kinds of things that people want to buy. Yeah. And then he even would pre-finance work that they would do so that they didn't have to take the risk themselves to make the changes they were making. Yeah. So we're about to start selling their Haitian and Dominican uh, coffee very soon. It's wonderful. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and chat a little bit more with uh, Larry Ackley. He's with Grounds for Restoration. GFRCoffee.com is the website for them. We want to continue uh, our conversation here. Also have Marcus Hayes checking in from spring training. The Phillies are getting ready to play the Yankees tonight. Back in a minute. Way down among Brazilians, coffee beans grow by the billions. So they've got to find those extra cups to fill. They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. WFIL, it's Chris Rice's Smelling Coffee, which we're doing today. Larry Ackley with uh, Grounds for Restoration, which is a coffee company that benefits human trafficking and, and combating it, I should say. And we're going to talk about, the, we got to talk about the coffee itself a little bit. But before that, there are other ways, because you're not here to plug coffee per se. You really want to help serve the Lord That's by right. fighting human trafficking. Mm-hmm. So what are mm-hmm. some ways people can help, whether or not they like, maybe they don't like coffee, but they still mm-hmm. would like to help? What are some ways people can help combat human trafficking? Absolutely. I, um, I've got a whole list, so I'm going to do my speed talking uh, sure. simulation here. Um, 
one of the greatest local I'm domestic organizations fighting trafficking is Shared Hope International, in my humble opinion. They've got a DVD called Chosen. It's short, like 22 minutes. It's got two um, teenagers who have very personal interviews about how they were lured into to sex trafficking. Um, in one case, one girl didn't even know it was happening, that she was being groomed until wow. the day before he, she was about to be sold um, down in Austin, Texas, and probably would never have been heard from again. I would love to show that DVD to every parent of teenagers where can people get it is it available they can go to shared hope international's website okay uh and purchase it there's even a spanish language just as an awareness thing you mean oh well not just that but so that people could uh, kids could realize wait a minute my best friend is experiencing that very same thing. There's okay. an older boyfriend, and she, she, the friend is coming in with expensive clothes and has a lame excuse as to where they came from, and then they're sleepy all the time because they're being taken out late nights, and they're trying to drive a wedge in their parental relationships and those kinds of things. Um, it's just terrifically useful. Wow. Okay, what's the name of that again? Um, she... Chosen. Okay. And the organization is Shared Hope International. Okay, so that's one way people can, um, can understand uh, Another one is... Uh, there's an or, uh, an organization called Worthwhile Wear. Uh, it's a thrift store, but they fund a restoration home through through what they do. They've got a program called Worth It. Get the name, you know, yes. Worthwhile Wear, Worth It, uh, where they can go, you know, ten times over the space they can have in one restoration home, uh, so that a church can host one of these programs uh, where women who have just come through the system and don't have a residence where they can go even if they need it, but it's a chance for them to start finding what kinds of services available. Start learning how to put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Uh, it's intensive to begin with. It's five nights a week at, the, at that church, and then it'll be like two days a week for the next 10 weeks. A church, All a church has to do is host a meal each time they come, provide child care, and give them $15 gift cards to motivate them to come back the second time. And after yeah. that, the women usually are so recognize the value so much they want to come on their own. Yeah. So you can contact Worthwhile Wear. Just go on the web to find them. We're coming down the home stretch of our time together, oh, wow. and we're going to need to have you come back again. Uh, so already think about when we can do that. But I want to let people know if they wanted to support GIA, a Grounds for Restoration right. and they right. want to buy the coffee itself, could people yep. actually – you mail it to them? It's, it's primarily online. We've been in, in a few stores. We are at the Drescher Farm Market uh, okay. in Drescher, PA, right um, off of, of Lime Kiln Pike. Uh, they open up again in April because it's seasonal. Right. Uh, we are at uh, Worthwhile Wares Thrift Stores. They have two, one in Fountainville, one in Pipersville. Locations would be on site. Though. Can people go to gfrcoffee.com and find like the yes. list of these? Yes, you can find find each of those. That's okay. right. So go to the website again. But what we are hoping people do is if they think about God's passion for justice, what can I do? You can make a small lifestyle change and start not just a one-shot deal, but buy the coffee on a regular basis so that each time you're doing that, the profit ends up going to 
uh, restoration for trafficking victims and buy another bag to share with somebody else and start the conversation about trafficking. And theoretically, a church could buy if they want to serve it in their coffee, uh, you know, for our, Sunday mornings or whatever. Our, our biggest customers are already churches who do exactly that. That's and then excellent. the whole church starts to feel like we're owning this ministry. Absolutely. Larry, thanks for coming in. Absolutely. And you're local, so we can have you back. Perfect. That'd be good. Love it. Larry Ackley with uh, Grounds for Restoration, a great ministry that helps sell coffee, great coffee, and also helps fight human trafficking. GFRCoffee.com for details on that. Short break. Marcus Hayes checking in from spring, uh, Philly Spring Training. Just a minute here at WFIL. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show today. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 433, Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. The Wiz Kids had won it. Bobby Thompson had done it. What a nice song. And Yogi read the comics all the while. Rock and roll was being born. Marijuana we would scorn. So down on the corner, the national pastime went Here we on. Here we go. Talking baseball. Klazuski, Campanella. Talking baseball. The man and Bobby Fella. The scooter. The barber and the nuke. They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque. Especially Willie. Mickey and the Duke. Oh, yeah. Willie Mays, Duke Snyder, and Mickey okay, Mantle, 434 on the Tim DeMoss right Show. Now. We're going to be checking in with Marcus Hayes from Spring Training in a second. Forecast calling for a kind of cloudy evening, low 39. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow, high 63. Sixers won last night. Flyers home tomorrow against Washington. Phillies play the Yankees at 635 in spring training action. Speaking of which, sports columnist for the Daily News and Inquirer, Marcus Hayes, joining us. How you doing, my friend? Uh, couldn't be better. Sitting here in 80 degrees sunshine at the <laughs> Spectrum Field. They're playing, the Phillies are playing the uh, Yankees tonight in Tampa. So yes. The afternoon is slow and empty, and... Uh, Happy to talk to you. Yeah. What's your take so far on your surroundings there? And uh, I know you wrote a couple of pieces this week, including I think one earlier today about Reese Hoskins and his leadership. And what? What? maybe we could start with that. The, the team vibe really seems to be gelling in a good way where they're headed as a, as a group. You know, it's interesting how they've assembled this team with pretty low-key guys. Like even Harper, if there's been an issue in Harper's past, it's usually been somebody coming to him, not him coming to somebody else. So, right, right. Yeah, it's just chill dudes. And, you know, Hoskins sort of embodies that, sort of takes things as they come. And they're just baseball players, and there's not a whole lot of drama associated with a lot of these guys. Your article mentioned that Reese, you know, he didn't have to work Monday. He wasn't in the lineup. The Phillies will let players like that have some space and recharge, but he was – in the clubhouse early and in the dugout and the whole thing, even at the team event that night. So that shows, uh, you know, he's leading by example. Well, I think he's pretty invested. Like, you know who else is like that is is Pat Burrow. And he didn't get a lot of credit for that. But sometimes guys see themselves as the person who needs to, to help other people. Pat was a very secure, confident guy. And so is Reese. So, those are the guys who become leaders because they don't really worry about themselves. They're, they're confident in what they can do and who they are. And, you know, one of the big differences is, you know, Pat got paid early and got paid again. Reese hasn't been paid big yet. 
So he's got financial issues, you know, in his future, but I don't think he cares about that. And I'm not, I, you know, I shouldn't imply that Pat cared about it that much either, but yeah, it was a, he's a, he's a different cat. You know, he's just a different kind of cat. He's, 25 going on 45 if you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i know uh, for those just tuning in we're chatting with marcus hayes columnist for the daily news and inquirer one of the pieces he just wrote i guess most recent one having to do with reese hoskins of the phillies and the leadership he's exuding is there anything you've picked up yet or you know why you think he's as mature as he is for his age he's got a pretty stable family he went to college and played in college and one of the nice things about being reese hoskins is he was never jp crawford or Dylan Cousins. You know, he wasn't Aaron Nola. There wasn't a whole lot of ex- expectation that came along with Reese Hoskins. He sort of exploded in double A AA and triple A. He developed a really good eye, always had one even in college. And I think he's benefited from being the other guy. And that's not to say he couldn't have handled being the guy, but I think he's one of those guys who benefits from being the other guy. Marcus Hayes checking in from uh, spring training. Longtime sports columnist for the Daily News and Inquirer. Bryce Harper, of course, McCutcheon, Real Muto, Segura, Robertson, all these new acquisitions for the team. Lots of talent. Although, as you know, lots of talent doesn't always equate to winning. Your article today on Reese Hoskins and the leadership he's exuding uh, must be pretty encouraging to see that as part of this overall uh, unity that's happening with the team as they head into the season. It is. And, you know, I feel kind of sort of silly casting Reese as the leader, because when you add guys like, you know, uh, Gene Segura and JT Real Muto, who are all stars, and Bryce Harper, who's a superstar, and you have guys like Jake Arrieta, you know, a, an established front of the rotation pitcher, and a burgeoning ace like Aaron Nola, I mean, it's not like he has to lead those guys. And then you got Andrew McCutcheon, who might be the most talented guy, you know, over the breadth of his career of anyone here. You've got MVPs on this roster, and we're talking about a guy who he's had a good year and a half. But it's just it's just personality, you know. It's just who the guy is, and I think it's always important, especially in hockey and baseball, to have your leaders homegrown. Claude Giroux is the captain of the Flyers in part because he's a Flyer, Flyer for life. You know, maybe Kimo Timonen or Wayne Simmons might have been a better choice on the face of it, but there's a different sort of investment from the fans and from the team when the player is homegrown. And uh, there's sort of a mercenary element or sort of a mercenary feel when the player isn't homegrown. Yeah. And it's not, it's not to make too much of it. There, there aren't a whole lot of crises in, uh, in baseball. There aren't a whole lot of, like, captain moments. And this isn't the 2000s Yankees where they needed a spokesman after every game so they <laughs> either got to see. Yeah. It's just remarkable that uh, – you know, Reese Hoskins will do little things that he doesn't necessarily have to do, but does them not really consciously promoting unity, but uh, instinctively promoting unity. The way he carries himself. I mean, as you're speaking, we're chatting with Marcus Hayes, a columnist for the Daily News and Inquirer, um, Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Marcus, by the way, has covered it all. Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, Phillies, Big Five, college football, golf, the Olympics, the whole deal. I have not done to that level by any stretch, although I have covered several of the Philly sports teams for a number of years part-time. And one of the guys, as you're talking, comes to mind, David Bell, when he was with the team, 
I remember talking with a member of the PR staff 10, 12 years ago who said, you know who's really underrated you guys don't really know about in the clubhouse is David Bell. But because of the way he led by example, I guess the way you carry yourself speaks louder sometimes than what words come out of your mouth. And and for a guy to just even physically show up like Reese did in your article you mentioned really says a lot to everybody else. Like if he's doing it, you know, his skill is obviously going to carry him. But like you said, he's not necessarily going to have lead the team in everything or anything. He may be second or third or fourth with all these new players, yeah. right? Well, yeah, and David had the bloodlines, obviously, his uncle and his dad, his grandfather were, you know, baseball players. But yeah. the thing about David was he uh, he wasn't a legacy guy the way that other guys were legacy guys. Like Barry Bonds and Ken Griffey Jr. were very, very difficult to deal with. I mean, they're a lot better than David Bell. Right. But they were very difficult to deal with. They were very entitled. David, David was like a professional. David would have been the same if he'd been the third, you know, accountant uh, until <laughs> yeah. uh, his accountant squad. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. He's just a, he's just a guy. And you know what's funny is like he looked like Bono. He, he was incredibly good looking, wonderful, beautiful wife, and he made a lot of money and he had these bloodlines. He could have been a big deal, but he didn't think he was a big deal. And Reese is a lot like that. He understands what his responsibilities are. He understands how to be professional. And one of the things people don't realize about David Bell is that he had a profound effect on Chase Utley. Now, Utley would run. He would hang out with uh, Pat Burrow and the rat pack that they had going on back then. Yeah. But David Bell was the like the hardcore example that Utley followed. As a matter of fact, one time I, uh, yeah, let's see, like 2003, 2004, and David would also dress, not just sharp, but, like, just out of the magazine sharp, very current. <laughs> yeah. And I asked him one time, he had on one of these European-cut suits with the, the tapered pant legs. I said, hey, uh, I noticed Chase is, uh, Chase is wearing your, your outfit. He, he's following your fashion. He's like, no, 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 I'm following Chase's fashion. <laughs> That's great. So there was a real relationship there, and David would do stuff like that all the time and credit not just Chase, but other guys with things that he either adopted or, or whatever. David Bell hardly ever wanted to talk about David Bell. And that's our reason. Marcus Hayes with the Philadelphia Daily News and Inquirer checking in from spring training. Back with more in a minute. Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. If I pitch, can you catch? Will you hold the ball when you stand? 446 AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Tim DeMoss Show rolling along. Chat with Marcus Hayes, the Philadelphia Daily News and Inquirer columnist checking in from spring training. Let's talk about the focus of your uh, other most recent piece on Bryce Harper. Have you managed to run into him yet and talk to him? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've only been here three days, but he's a presence. You know what I mean? Like, you've been around athletes who, without trying, just sort of have a uh, an energy around them. You, they walk by you and you you, you notice them. People, there are a lot of people like that. I mean, Mark Cuban's like that. You know what I'm saying? Just, yeah. Just people who are, you know, dynamic. He's a dynamic dude. Uh, but he's also pretty, you know, he's pretty chill. I, and he was always fascinating to Philly writers because of, you know, who he was and the team he was on. And was he going to take them to the next level? Was he going to take them to the promised land? 
and of course, Jason Worth was his teammate. So we had great insight. And Jason, one of the reasons apparently Jason signed was to kind of be Bryce Harper's mentor. Yeah. And he was. He was an excellent mentor. And um, he did a really good job with Bryce. And people forget Jason worked with a first-round draft pick with spectacular bloodlines and, and connections to major athletes himself and was a spectacular athlete. Gold glove right fielder who, who came up as a catcher. Right. That's how good an athlete he was. So he, he identifies with elite athleticism and, and expectations for, from two different organizations. For him, he was a drafted by the Orioles and traded to the Dodgers. So, you know, I've talked to Jason several times about Bryce. And when he came up, he was a kid. He keeps his nose clean. He doesn't throw to the cutoff man all the time. He doesn't run out of every ball. But, again, he's a kid. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. That was the conversation we were having when he was a kid. He was 19, 20, 21 years old. The thing that Jason emphasized every time we talked was, like, he's a good person. Like, he's not a bad dude. He might be punkish here and self-centered there. And you have to realize this is a guy who's been groomed to be a baseball player. He's not been groomed to be the face of a franchise. But I think at this point, he's kind of ready to be the face of the franchise. You know, people aren't going to want to talk to Reese Hoskins for the next year or two at least with Bryce Harper on the team making, you know, twenty five thirty million dollars a year. Yeah. Marcus Hayes is at spring training in uh, Florida there with sports columnist for the Daily News and Inquirer just wrote a piece on Reese Hoskins, also on Bryce Harper and the mania is real. We all hear about it. We hear about the big contract. Any fun sighting so far? Just pe- what you what you're observing energy wise, you use that word as far as the fans or people driving from Alaska to see him or something or whatever. <laughs> well it's funny, like in the column I wrote I found a guy Uber took a day off work, and his sister was in town. They drove four hours that morning from Fort Lauderdale to see Bryce Harper and bought $150 worth of gear, most of it Bryce Harper. This guy could recite the entire lineup from the 2007 through 2012 team. And I was like, well, you know, you must really be amped. And that's the column I went out in the stands to do. I was out there for two hours. I talked to maybe 20 people. And all of them either had, like, Harper gear or were buying Harper gear or, you know, that sort of thing. Every single one of them was like, yeah, we're, we're really excited to have him. Let's see what he can do. Yeah. When they signed Jim Tomey, that was not the vibe. When they signed Cliff Lee, that was not the vibe. When they signed Bryce Harper, maybe because he's not homegrown, but he didn't really hear Tomey, or maybe because he's from the Nationals and he's rooted against him so much, probably second or third league-like player when he's at Citizens Bank Park. Yeah. There's a different vibe, kind of a show-me-something vibe. And uh, I think people are a little worried. I mean, his overall numbers have diminished from his you know, his MVP year in 2015, each of the last three years. If you put his numbers the last three years up against Manny Machado and factor in defense, they probably got the second-best player on the market because they're about the same age. And it depends on what you think about how valuable walks are, essentially, when you, when you get down to it. Right. But um, there's enthusiasm. People are excited that Bryce Harper's on the team. They want to see him play. They want to see him do well. But there's – and I'm sure back in Philadelphia it, it might be different. But down here where people saw him play on Saturday and came back to see him play on Monday, the reaction was muted. The, re- the reaction was uh, hearty but not delirious. Yeah. Unlike Saturday when it was absolutely delirious. Come a few weeks from now, it's going to be quite a, quite a deal opening day. And uh, but But yeah. you think about it. You know, the the numbers are there, 13 years, $330 million. What do you think of the fact that his contract is 13 years in length? And what I mean by that is, do you think that takes some pressure off because 
He's pre- he'd be pretty much untradeable for quite a long time. Hopefully that's not even an issue. But when there are problems or if he has a bad month or three months or even a whole season, does 13 years basically absorb that from a fan standpoint? Like he's here. We'll just have to wait. We'll wait it out till he gets better. Or he produces again. If it, if it gets, you know, as a cushion, so to speak. I know you're not from out of town, Tim, but <laughs> no, 13 years makes it way worse. You think? I mean, ask Jake Voracek, Claude Giroux. When they're not producing, you know, these are long-term flyer contracts. When they're not producing, and no fan base is, you know, fervent or loyal to flyers, Ryan Howard had a beer bottle thrown at him. Well, Ryan Howard, I though, mean, he, what I meant was Ryan Howard was near the second, you know, three or four years out from it being over, 13 years you know, I'm thinking that at least in the first four or five, he's got some wiggle room because people understand he's not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. You're you're a kind <laughs> and optimistic soul. If Bryce Harper's hitting 200 at the end of April, people are going to be saying we got 12 years and five more months of this. <laughs> yeah, you know? you're I mean, right. You're right. Not necessarily. I mean, I think you and I maybe see it differently, and I'm not nearly as invested as uh, well. I'm not invested at all. But most people are very invested in this team and this rebuild, and especially if this particular contract no man it's going to be <laughs> okay the, the concern i have is that he weathers that with uh equanimity those right field bleachers are real close the radio's on all the time when it goes bad and it's going to go bad and jason worth talked about this to jason stark and a piece in the athletic when it goes bad it's going to go bad in a way that bryce harper could not anticipate and and has not experienced and it's going to go bad. I mean, 13 years, it's baseball. You know, you're going to have a bad six weeks. You're going to have a bad – and he talked about it. He's going to have a bad year. He's going to have a bad month. He's going to have a bad series. You know, and he's going to be bad in the playoffs. And those things are, you know, you know going to happen. Yeah. And he says he's ready for it. But I don't, I don't know that you can be ready for the kind of scrutiny and the kind of really unfair criticism that Philadelphia has come to levy on everybody. I mean, Brett Brown is going to, he's going to win 53 games, 54 games this year. He just went four and four without his star, and all anybody's talking and writing about today is how they almost lost last night. Speaking of which, for those just tuning in, chat with Marcus Hayes, sports columnist for the Daily News and Inquirer. Uh, we're talking Phillies because it's he's at spring training. Phillies getting ready to play the Yankees tonight, six thirty-five. I think is a start for that. But also, you do write pieces on the other teams. You mentioned uh, Wayne's the uh, Flyers, and we'll talk about Wayne Simmons a little bit. But also the Sixers. Speaking of Brett Brown. Embiid and all that. So for folks in general, if you want to read up on Marcus's work, it's across the board, across all those sports. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL, WFIL WFIL.com. Just getting back to the Phillies as a team in spring training, what do you think their goals are in terms of does it matter that they win? Is it about getting in shape or finding out what they have and all that? What do you think is on their minds? I think their goals are to figure out, uh, well, to get Jake Arrieta sharp. He'll pitch tomorrow and, and Bradenton. That's one big goal. And the other three pitchers behind him sort of figure out what they have in them. That's their primary goal right now, to, yeah. to get the, the back end of their rotation situated. I'm sure they'd be delighted if uh, they were a little bit healthier right now. Both of their center fielders, Odebel Herrera and Jerome Quinn, are, are injured. But I think the main thing they want to do is play crisply, defensively, and responsibly on the bases. Because, you know, you watched the games last year. Yeah. They were a bad team to watch. They won 80 games, and some of it was really painful. And it became amplified, it became magnified down the stretch when they fell out of contention. But even when they were in first place, they were making a lot of mistakes. Defensively, offensively, you know, starting Scott Kingery as a rookie at shortstop, which is not his natural position, asking him to 
producing the lineup as well and giving him, I think it was $23, $24 million. Last year, there was, it, they did a lot of things, I think, structurally and um, fundamentally wrong. So there's a sense here that there's a heightened degree of professionalism. Andrew McCutcheon in the left field is stealing money, you know, defensively. Gene Segura is a very, very good shortstop. JT Realmuto is – I don't think I've covered a catcher this good hmm. in Philadelphia. You know, even when Lierthal was at his peak, I don't think I've covered a catcher this good. You know, Harper's a, a real right fielder. He's not a plus right fielder, but he's a real right fielder who understands what it is to be in right field. And most right fielders convert to right field. You know, because you usually put your best outfielder in center field. Reese Hoskins is so much more comfortable at first base. Right. That's the sense. The sense is they're fundamentally more sound. Some of the younger players who made mistakes on a base pass won't be asked to do as much, and they uh, they won't do as much wrong because they're a year older. Feels like 85 wins is the floor, and maybe 95 is the ceiling. You played a lot of ball in your day, by the way. Are you getting a chance to get out there at all and hit the ball around? I have three daughters, and... Uh, they, uh, they keep you pretty busy almost all the time, so committing to a over-40 baseball schedule or even a weekday softball schedule takes away that time. I'm, I'm away from home so much as it is the evenings and weekends and holidays and birthdays. I'm, I'm missing a birthday on this, this Sunday. It's hard to justify. And yeah. as you know, you know, in my youth, I got more than my shares. So yes. It's the younger man's game anyway. <laughs> are your girls into sports, too, or are they into – Oh, yeah. Yeah. Basketball, soccer, lacrosse, field hockey, volleyball. I have one softball player. Well, enjoy the rest of your uh, afternoon, and thanks for taking time with us, my friend. We'll hope to catch up with you again sometime. Anytime. Thanks, Tim. All right. See you, Marcus. God bless. All right. Marcus Hayes checking in from uh, Clearwater for, uh, Spring Training for the Phillies. They're getting ready to play the Yankees this evening. Marcus, longtime columnist for the Philadelphia Daily News and Inquirer Hayes M. Uh, at Philly, uh, what I have my website. I had the email here a second ago. You can just Google Marcus Hayes. You'll find it, no problem. You can also listen to the podcast at WFIL.com. We'll have it up uh, on our website at WFIL.com within the next hour or so. Also, a privilege to have Larry Ackley on with us earlier in the hour. He's with Grounds for Restoration. GFRCoffee.com is their website, and uh, they do a lot of great work. They have wonderful coffee, and they also help uh, – the primary reason is to help fight human trafficking. So uh, pl- a privilege to have both Marcus on today and Larry as well. And again, you're welcome to help yourself to the podcast of uh, today's show, as well as each and every day we have the podcast up there uh, from since last September. So lots to see and do, a lot of athletes and entertainers, folks who are local, national, and uh, it's, a, it's a nice mix. We're enjoying doing the program. We appreciate your prayers for the program as well. And if you ever want to get in touch, you can do it so several different ways. One by email. I don't toss that out too much, but it's just Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D at WFIL.com. If you would like to uh, send a note sometime, happy to hear from you. If you have ideas for guests you'd like to see on the show, that'd be cool too. Going to turn things over now to Jim Maxim, Acts 413 Ministries. He'll lead in pro next on AM 560, WFIL and WFIL.com. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.